name is Peter Knight and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Today I'm speaking with Janet Young. Janet, together with Yvonne Goolagong, won the Federation Cup tennis tournament twice in the 1970s. These days, she's a senior lecturer at Victoria University, board member of Tennis Australia, Blind Sport Victoria and the Yvonne Goolagong Foundation, a very busy woman contributing enormously to sport. If you enjoy the chat with Janet, then go to iTunes and look up Iron Golf Mind, then subscribe to the podcast series. That way you won't miss any. You can also download and catch up on past interviews. If you find you're getting some great information through these podcasts, then please tell your friends. Listen as Janet talks about resilience, what it is, and what are the strategies you can use to deal with it. I begin by asking... Who requires the skills of resilience the most? I think resilience applies to everyone and I question that there's anybody who hasn't had a challenging situation that's been something that's um, been difficult for them, an adversity, something that's been um, a difficulty. And it's not so much, whilst I've given an example of a marriage breakdown, the example can be anything, but it's your reaction to it, your response to it, how you interpret the situation. So whilst a marriage breakdown to me was an adversity, it was traumatic, to somebody else it may not be. It might be, they might see it as a freedom. So it's not an event per se that everybody responds the same to, but it's something that you see as being quite an awakening, something that really calls on you to bring out every bit of resource you've got, not just to manage it and deal with it, but to move forward and grow from it. So I would suggest that everyone can recall difficulties or challenges, but Mm. the events per se will differ for everyone. Yeah. It's interesting that you brought that particular uh, point up, because I'd like to backtrack and look back to uh, the 70s when you played Fed Cup for Australia, Federation Cup with uh, the Australian tennis team, mm-hmm. with Yvonne Goolagong, and you won it twice. And we haven't won it since. Well, they always say in, in tennis in doubles, the, the success in doubles is to choose a good partner, and I absolutely had the best partner there was. Yvonne's a great friend of mine. She's Our friendship's grown over time, but I travelled with Yvonne and her manager at the time then, who was Vic Edwards, who was also her coach, and um, we won twice in the 1970s, which has been celebrated just recently as the last time that Australia's won the Fed Cup, and we were, we were recognised for that at the Newcomb Medal, which was recently held in Melbourne. Congratulations. So when we won it, we never thought, looking back, gee, this is going to be something that's going to be celebrated and uh, whatever. We thought this was a new era for Australian tennis, and we thought there was going to be a lot of success coming out of that. But we, uh, there was Di from Holtz and myself, uh, Yvonne, and the year before, Paddy Coleman, who was a New South Wales player. And um, we won because I think we were, we were good friends, we were colleagues, we, we were friends, and we, had, we shared a great thrill of representing Australia. So we played as a team rather than individuals, and that certainly has been a highlight, one of my highlights in my sporting career, definitely. Mm. And I think we'll probably talk a little bit more on that too as a, a strategy to, to draw on to, you know, to, to develop strength and move forward. Well, certainly 
the strength comes from support that you have. Mm. And it can be support on the court, as I had with Yvonne, it can be support off the court. And, you know, you mentioned resilience before and that for those that have support around them, often that's a way of dealing with the situation they're having to face. And if you haven't got it, to go out and seek it yeah. and to look for it. And there are people out there, you've got to put your hand up and you've got to say, I need some help or I'd like to, like to talk about it. And there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who will come to the fore there. But I certainly, in that team, felt supported and we won because we had that team spirit at that time. Yeah. Mm, that's great. And then as we move forward, you're, uh, you, became, you, you went back to university and you studied... I, first of all, I studied commerce. My father, um, he was a business person, he was a psychologist, and he wanted me to go down the track of psychology. Mm-hmm. At that time, uh, psychology was the rats and the stats, as they called it, which was cutting up animals and observing okay. animals. And I thought, well, this isn't for me. So I studied uh, commerce the first time around, and then had the opportunity later, uh, as I said, when I was looking at perhaps upskilling myself Mm -hmm. was that having been a professional tennis player I was interested very much in the psychological side of playing the sport and from the time that I had first studied at university to the time that I was looking to upskill sports psychology had come into the field of psychology and was available at the university so I Mm -hmm. went back as I mentioned at night and I studied um mainly to be a sports psychologist at that time and so I finished my undergraduate I'd only done one year so I finished the undergraduate I did an honours year then you had to do a a um, master's I did a master's and then went into a PhD from there so it was a long haul but as I mentioned it was at that time when I was dealing with a, a trauma and it gave me a real sense of purpose to be moving forward so had I looked at the study and thought, gee, I've got seven or eight, nine years ahead of me, I probably would have, you know, maybe not started. But I didn't look at it that way because I was so interested in sport and psychology and they had merged to be a field of study. And uh, so I went back and at that time I, when I was looking to upskill, I looked at what was available and I was tremendously excited to see that sports psychology had come to the fore. And when I was competing professionally, uh, Bob, Bob Nidifer was a sports psychologist and he was working with a couple of the players on the circuit and he was the first uh, sports psychologist I had met and suddenly the field was then available and you could study and become you know like a Bob Nidifer who as you would know um, has developed a theory of uh, focus and concentration and he is a guru in the field and at that time I was greatly influenced by him and he I was on the circuit and uh, he was charting players and working with some of the US players at the time. So the interest was always there and I had always looked at certain players like a Billie Jean King, Margaret Court and Yvonne Goolagong, for example, and what differentiated them from other players. And I noticed or I felt that it was their mindset. Mm-hmm. They had a different way of viewing their tennis and, and competition. They loved to compete. And it was, there was always an interest to know more about it. And when I was being, coming up through the tennis ranks and training, we didn't have any help. There wasn't any, I didn't know where to speak. And, 
for example, being nervous about playing, that was seen as a negative. Hmm. But you didn't have anybody to talk to. Your coach wasn't qualified to talk. He, your coach helped you with your strokes and your technique, but really wasn't somebody that you could share your nervousness hmm. with, for example. And so you dealt Is with that it in case it was perceived as a weakness? or Absolutely, just, yeah. yes. And coaches weren't trained there. Their role was seen to be, we'll help you with the technical side, maybe a little bit of fitness, but mainly we're here to develop your shots. And so it wasn't readily, there wasn't help readily available and it was seen as somewhat as a weakness if you got nervous. Whereas had I had somebody to speak to there, I would have embraced my nervousness knowing that this was really great to be nervous and to have that adrenaline and for the matches to mean something to, mm. to you and therefore to be nervous was a good thing. So when it became available to, to study it, I just knew it was for me. Mm. Did you speak with other players about how they felt approaching matches? Look, we did. We did speak, but, you know, most of, at that time you were on the circuit and they were competitors. They weren't okay. necessarily uh, friends that you could. Um, it, was, it wasn't a topic of conversation, really. Mm. Uh, so you tended to, to deal with it yourself. And in many ways, that's good because you learn the most dealing with situations. But it could often, I felt, help if I had have had that support person to speak to who was qualified or knew what I was going through. So when it became available to study, I felt I could, this was something that I could then give back to other athletes mm. or to teach or to share with others an opportunity that I perhaps hadn't had that I felt would have made a really big difference because... As I mentioned, the Billie Jean Kings, I observed them and they loved that competitiveness and they loved being on centre court. And I tried to sort of think, well, is it something they developed or is it how did they get to that? Because you're not born that way. You're not mm. born to be competitive or you're not born to um, love the pressure because you don't know about it mm. at that age. So it always intrigued me how they had got there. And in Billie Jean um, King's case, for example, she's had a wonderful book out about um, pressure as a privilege and she talked about how she acquired and understood pressure and embraced pressure through experiences and also talking she had some support yeah. and she talks about the greatest times when she felt the most pressure and she realised for example when she won tournament she said she when she had to give the uh, presentation or a speech mm -hmm. accepting her trophy how she used to hate public speaking and what a pressure it was and she came to the realisation that oh hang on I'm the one that won this this is a reward for being the winner so mm -hmm. to speak so this is this pressure is a privilege and her book was she titled it pressure is a privilege but she talked about how she changed and evolved through experiences or traumas or challenges or adversities, whatever you'd like to call it, to be somebody who embraces it in everything she does now. And I'm just saying that looking at her when I was out on the circuit, um, you know, she really inspired me to, to know more about it and, and to study and upskill myself to mm. be better equipped to not just for myself, but maybe to help others. So it sounds like she reframed the meaning of pressure to some extent? Definitely, definitely. Mm. And choking. She almost flipped it like the side of the coin, that it wasn't something to avoid, but something that was the reward for being where she was. Mm. And we know Billie Jean King a lot for the 
event where she played Bobby Riggs in yeah. um, Houston, I think it was, in, um, in the 70s. And the tremendous pressure when she had the world almost looking at this event and what was going to happen. And again, she talked about how she dealt with that pressure by looking at that pressure as the privilege she had as the only person who was there, ready to play, contest and represent women and female tennis players and, as it was, female athletes around the world in that. So her mindset, she was able to, to look in the most optimistic, you know, um, challenging way that was a positive to her rather than thinking the eyes of the world are on me and I, mm. I feel terrible. She didn't. It brought the very best out in her. And this is somewhat like the, the theme of resilience. So not that you look for adversity, but when faced with adversity or difficult situations, that you're able to see and feel hope and know that out of it you will survive and in fact maybe even come out of it a better person and for something good to come out of it. So it is a mindset rather than just to to give up and say, you know, this couldn't this is the worst thing that's happened and whatever. It may be. But to have that hope and optimism and belief that you can improve mm. and survive and maybe, maybe even thrive. And I'm not saying that you look for adversities, we don't, we don't. But having got yourself into a situation or something occurring that was out of your control, that you see it in a way that there's a future, there's potential, there's opportunities, there's, there is something to look forward to. And you don't always understand it at the time. And I mentioned my own situation, and whilst I didn't understand it necessarily at the time, I just knew that over time, and my mother always said, things will get better and happy mm. days will return. And I knew that if I could persist, it would get better and in fact there would be a reason yeah. for it. And the reason isn't always when we face challenges or adversities, it isn't always evident. And if you can give yourself that time and space whilst you're moving forward in some way to be doing something. So it's not just, you're not just reacting, but you're actually acting to do something. So you're not just responding to an adversity or a challenge, but you're doing something meaningful about it. So for me, it was going back to university studying. And even the coaching during the day, I felt again that I was progressing. I wasn't, it would have been easy in the morning just to you know, not, not go any further. But to be able to coach, to be able to study, have the kids, I felt I was clawing back and in fact would pass the point where I was at break even and I would then move forward and mm. um, I've been fortunate that that has happened. So there's a couple of things. One is the need to show mental strength or mental resilience when you're in a situation perhaps that's not of your own choosing um, and your, your situation that you, you talked about at the start was, was clearly one of those. So you're in a situation and you need to show strength. That's, that's one. For most athletes, they are making the choice to put themselves in a situation where they need to um, you know, show that mental strength. So is there a step at the start where if I'm even going to face this, I need to have some 
some mental reserves. I, I need to think about what I'm doing if I'm going to put myself in a competitive situation, which I know is going to challenge me. So, Because a lot of people won't. Um, if, on a golf course with players who are beginning golf, a lot will resist even going to the first tee in the first place because if I go to the first tee, there are all these doubts. Am I good enough? Mm. Um, are people going to, I don't know, are people going to laugh at me? Uh, um, am I going to mess my shot up? Well, you've only got to stand on the first tee and you're going to see a lot of those anyway. But there are a lot of people who don't take that step forward in the first place mm. simply because of what could happen. But I think uh, being an athlete and putting yourself in a sporting, challenging situation, you do need that realist, realistic expectation that, that there are going to be pressures, challenges, um, adversities, there's going to be um, unsavoury situations, unpopular decisions you've got to make. There's going to be a lot of things. But in a sense, that's what we do it for, to test ourselves and to become the best we can be in the sense of either a golfer or a tennis player and also as a person. Mm. And sport gives you that vehicle or that opportunity to test yourself in something that you love. So you're drawn to a sport because you love to play it in the beginning. And then to be able to compete and move forward with it at a different level just is is such a wonderful opportunity. But it's you need to be realistic about it, that it's not fun, fun, fun as we know it. It's it's more than that. It's mm. going to be, there are going to be times when it's memorable, but not because it's fun, but because it's stretching you to the very limit of what you've got of your resources. And so, yes, we can be, we can be nervous and we can be hesitant about that, but what a wonderful opportunity through sport, not just to meet people and to, to be fit or whatever, but to test ourselves to be the, the very best we can achieve in a sport, on a personal level, to be the best person, the person we want to be. And sport gives us that opportunity, but it is competitive, it is combative. If we want to be an athlete, we've got to be prepared to travel. That can be very traumatic. It can, it's mm. not a pleasant experience for a lot of people. Um, competing in front of people, um, performing where uh, you might be playing your friends, um, you've got people watching you, there's so many situations that maybe are not yours of choice, but give us that chance to say, okay, what can we do in this situation? Mm. But it is a mindset, as I said, that those situations you need to be realistically expecting them and then almost looking forward to that opportunity. And we've got, um, you talk about golf, but uh, I know some of the, the top golfers they want to be in the limelight. They want to be on, you know, the 18th where it's down to the last, and that's what they live for, and that's the adrenaline rush, so to speak. But um, they weren't born that way, and they've they've got a mindset that that's where they want to be. They don't want to be out the back practicing. They want to be where the pressure situation is, and mm. it's like basketball players, you know, give me the ball when it really counts. How does that develop? Do you think? Uh, again, I think it's related to that developing themselves as far as they can be, pushing themselves and realising that there is an opportunity to to be that the very best in a pressure situation. And it's performance of all, in all pursuits, whether it's music or the theatre or whatever, is that you're, 
you're honing your skills and you're demonstrating your skills and your ability um, in a forum that you like to be appreciated. Hmm. So we've talked a fair bit about resilience without necessarily talking about strategies, but perhaps if we define it, how would you define resilience? If you look in the literature, there's lots of definitions, Mm -hmm. but it's dealing and managing and thriving in the face of challenges, adversity, uh, setbacks. So it's not just coping, but it's doing more than that because resilience suggests over time that you've got a a pattern that you can, can... recover from situations and actually improve yourself and grow from them. So it's not a one-off. Somebody who's resilient tends to show an ability over time with, faced with different challenges. But the definitions, what's common amongst the definitions of resilience is that there's adversity or challenges and that somebody manages positively mm. and grows with those challenges. So the common theme of dealing positively with adversity and thriving almost in, in that situation. Hmm. It's interesting. You said there about uh, you know, growing in spite of the adversity as opposed to the thought of adversity somehow um, bringing me down. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if, if you're faced with the adversities, there's the, there's the expectation or the, or the potential, I guess, for you to learn something about it which is actually going to make you stronger, more able to cope in similar mm. situations in the future? Well, it gives, you, gives players and coaches a confidence. So I had a situation once where I was in a huge theatre uh, presenting a paper on flow, actually, mm-hmm. flow in tennis and flow in sport, and the microphone didn't work, the uh, PowerPoint didn't work, everything was there. And I just had to keep going. And out of that, I thought, okay, if you can deal with that situation, you can deal with a lot of situations. Mm. And it's the same with resilience. We've got different situations that we face, but each time we can look back and say, yeah, I dealt with that and I dealt with it well. And that gives you tremendous confidence to whatever you face and a belief that you, you have got solutions and resources to deal with things. So it's not that we look for these adversities, but having had challenges, and sports people have a lot of them, it it does build a character, it does build an ability to say, okay, I've been successful in the past, I can do this. And as I said, we don't look for it, but sport gives you that opportunity there where you've, you've come through a lot of very, very difficult situations, um, been down, found your game, regrouped, whatever, and you... From if we can look back on those, and it's like you look back at your strengths and you look back on the things that you've done well, and you remind yourself of that, it only builds you to even more challenges and to hmm. to face more difficulties or whatever. But it gives you that knowledge that you've got the resources and um, and the experience that you've done something successful in a difficult situation. I love the example that you gave about doing the presentation because I think. Probably most people that have done quite a bit of presenting have been in that same situation. Um, I know I have, where the the IT doesn't work. Uh, but then it's the mindset's not so much about.
why can't this be right? What's going on? It, it's about I'm here to present. I've got a topic to present. I've got a message to convey to the audience. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. So your so your your mindset's on more the outcome and the things that you're actually a solution, doing. A, a solution. solution. It's on a solution. What yes. needs to be done here? What can I do? Yes. Rather than dwelling on the situation and, as you say, worrying what happened to the technology and being critical of it, it's solution-focused. What can I do now? And it's almost a response where it's instinctive in mm-hmm. the sense that there are no other options. You've got to proceed. What can I do? And it's that old task, task orientation, which we as coaches are always told about uh, we need to be task orientated and um, and focus on the process well there you don't have any other choice you when you've got to respond and and there's no coming back for a second time you've got to move forward and we face that all the time in sport where we've got to make decisions so what a great strategy it is it is it's being solution, what can I do? What's the what's the best outcome mm. I can achieve here? Um, how can I get a good result? And afterwards, we can look back and look at the difficulties that we face. But if you dwell on them at the time, it's not going to happen. Mm. So it's about finding an answer to a very difficult situation. And I think that's sport gives us that. Whether we play a goal, a game of golf, or a tennis match, every time where. We're having to make those decisions and to find ways out of situations. And it really, it's like a, a bank, it builds, and we, we can draw on those resources and experiences when we need to. And if you know where you've been there before, look, I've got out of this situation before, I can do it, gives you a tremendous self-belief that all going as well, you'll give it your absolute best to get a solution. So we've talked about a couple of strategies uh, conversationally. One is to whatever the situation is, is is that you figure what the outcome is that you're looking to achieve. In other words, you're staying with, I'm playing golf or I'm playing tennis. I'm still playing. I'm still on the golf course and I've still got to select the best strategy I can and play the shots mm. to the best of my ability. You talked originally about the uh, the Fed Cup and the mm. fact that you drew on the strength of the, the team collective mm. Um, you know, we're in this together, and you draw strength from that. What other strategies can we draw to look to build our reserves of resilience? Not only, I think, the support that you've mentioned there, but another thing that's very important is to really want something, to have something that's very meaningful for you. So people categorise it as having a goal or whatever, mm. but having something that means a lot to you so that when the going does get tough there's a real reason for you to weather the storm, if I can say it. So it's finding something meaningful. And whether it's in your golf or your sport, if it's something that there's a trip you want to make or um, you want to be in a team, um, if there's a camp you want to get to or whatever it is, to find something that's really meaningful for you. Mm. And that can give you tremendous resource um, and... I won't call it willpower, but gives you reasons to to really work through a difficult situation. So those that haven't got, they just play a sport because they like to play it, it's not as easy for them as somebody, we say mentally tough, for example, but somebody that just has that, that, that is so important to them because it has such a meaning in their sport or life. 
So having having a goal, if we can call it that, or something that is tremendously meaningful. Mm. You want to do it for something that's significantly important to you that, that is going to make the difference. And that's one way that you can build resilience because it, it allows you to yeah. deal with situations. So it's like the meaning overwhelms any particular challenge. Uh, not over... Yeah, I guess it can overcome. It, yes. When you say overwhelm, it... It as in it's yes, yes it, it trumps it, it. it's it more important it because it's more important yeah. than that adversity itself and look there are traumas in life um there are some terrible hardships out there and i respect and admire so many people who deal with them as they do there are some great difficulties um but in sport generally we're talking about things that are if you can put them in in perspective they they are sporting hmm incidents and accidents and situations they're not life-threatening if Mm. i can say it that way so putting things in perspective is is another way of dealing with it and you know giving yourself time just to to reflect on a situation well how important is this when there are so many great traumas and difficulties that people Mm. are dealing with so sometimes another strategy is is um just being a little bit realistic about it, how important was it terribly meaningful to your situation? Um, really, okay, compared to life's challenges, how, how important is it? Yeah, I can still come back and fight another day. Absolutely. It's another yeah. game of golf or yeah. tennis or what have you. And the good thing about golf and tennis is there's always another tournament. There's always another week. Um, and if we dwell on not the win that week... But each week there's only one winner. Mm. But And if you put that in perspective, well, hang on, I was out there, I, was, I played pretty well according to my game, that can be tremendously satisfying. It's not what you weren't being the, the, the only winner, but how did you play in terms of your, your own abilities? And as we know, we want to be our only... We only want one... Um, we don't want ourselves to be a competitor against ourselves, so... If we can perform as well as we know yeah. we can, we've been successful whether we're holding up that trophy or not. Yeah. But look, in terms of strategies, having having finding something meaningful, having a goal, um, maybe putting things in perspective by taking some time out is fine too. Giving yourself space, being, I say, kind to yourself mm-hmm. instead of being your own critic all the time, is look at yourself in a, in a kind manner and say, well, did I give my best? What more can I do? Um, seeking support from others. There's no one solution to a, any difficulty. There's no one strategy that builds resilience, for example, but it's something that works for you mm. and everyone's different. And if you can have a combination of a few strategies, that it's, it's your own self-awareness of what works for you. So what did I do when I really was performing at my best and dealing with the challenges what was I doing what was I feeling what was I thinking etc and if we can get that awareness of that checklist going for ourselves that's that's the the recipe if I can say for dealing with sport and for life and looking back on your successes when you've you've performed at your best in terms of whatever challenges you meet and that's understanding that and it's putting it's really Knowing that those challenging situations are opportunities to develop resilience, to move forward, to be stronger. 
Yes, mm. and it's that, that mindset about what the challenge is and it's the side of the coin, which side do you want? Is it something that's going to paralyse you or is it something that's going to invigorate you? Mm. Let's go for the invigoration. Yeah. <laughs> Janet, thanks very much for the chat. I really enjoyed it. And uh, maybe we can get another Fed Cup winner inside oh, the look, next few years. we're very close. No, we're very close. We've got the team that's, very, that's capable of winning it this year, absolutely. Um, we've got the team and, yeah, I would have... I think our record will be broken within the next year or two. Let's hope so. Thanks again, Janet. Thanks, Pete.